Harriet is obsessed with food miles. She can't understand why legislation has been passed requiring restaurants to hold information on food allergens, but not about the origins of the food or how far it's travelled. It's just so important, she tells her Sunday lunch guests, who have learnt to ask her for the food miles of every dish way before entering into any discourse about recipes. Harriet's obsession with food miles and sustainability began when she backpacked around the world after university. Like every time I stepped off a plane, I saw where my food was coming from and I thought, oh my God, I've got to make a difference. Quite how Harriet is making a difference is hard to determine. She's well known in southwest London for ringing a restaurant to quiz them about their food sustainability policy before making a booking and woe betide a waiter who doesn't know the origin of his green beans. But she finds this guilt-limiting strategy much more tricky when she ventures further afield. Then again, she consoles herself with the fact that if she's on her three-week January break in Thailand, one of the great conveniences of having the children in boarding school, where, incidentally, she's sure food miles are fully taken into account because she wouldn't dream of questioning the headmaster's integrity, she needn't worry about the miles the food has undertaken because she has simply moved closer to it. Harriet was once asked why she doesn't eat seasonally locally produced food, but that would mean turnips and potatoes for nine months of the year, she wailed. Clearly there's a line that can't be crossed. This is all born of a class disconnected from the means of production, but who feel economically empowered to make a difference. But, unable to actually make a practical difference, we construct, or have constructed for us, causes Harriet's food miles, sustainability, traceability, and it becomes just another commercial marketing-led jamboree. At the head of that particular parade comes the fair trade movement, followed by the organic lobby, both feeding off the angst of the middle classes and turning it into a very effective money-making strategy. On the back of those primary bandwagons come the brands, whole food markets selling loaves of bread at ten times the price of a regular supermarket, eggs from the daughter of the goose that once laid a golden one for Prince Charles. You get the picture. In South Africa, there's the food lovers market, Beautiful to walk around, full of enticing smells and flavours, but look closer. The packaging nearly outweighs the products, and the prices make this place entirely off-limits to eight or nine out of ten South Africans. The result? All the best produce gets flown to Europe, so Harriet can fill her trolley at Waitrose or Whole Food Market and keep her weight under control by the stress she's causing herself worrying about the food miles. What difference does she think that knowing about her, how far her food has travelled will make to the world? Does she actually plan her family shop depending on the number of food miles? Does she count them like some of us count calories? It's just about being aware, she says. It's not that easy to find the facts a lot of the time. What she means is it assuages her guilt that she feels she can buy anything she wants without thinking so she gives herself something to think about. Out in the country, away from some of the wackier ideas about what makes the world turn more happily, we're not immune to beating ourselves up for eating. Since we opened the castle as a hotel in 1998, there's been an explosion in the number of farmers' markets, with seemingly every village hosting one. We're encouraged to buy locally, investigate the traceability of our meat, talk to the producer and pay a hefty premium for the privilege. Do we see a representative cross-section of the community stocking up at farmer's markets? We do not. There's a very good reason why stores such as Iceland, Aldi and Lidl are booming. 
When the recession hit in 2009, there was suddenly a lot, a lot less talk about organic sustainability and a lot more focus on price. Aldi and Lidl have not ignored the sustainability bandwagon, but for them and their customers, price is usually as important as quality. And if that means a little bit of horse meat in judiciously making it into the food chain, as long as nobody finds out, nobody gets hurt, right? Apart, of course, from the poor horse. The truth is, if it came to it and we were anywhere near having to survive, we'd be very unfussy about what we ate. That's what makes us middle class, after all. Thanks for listening to the Orgill Castle podcast. Don't forget to let us know what you think by leaving us a review. And visit the website at stayinacastle.com to see more about the castle and, of course, to book a room, some dinner, afternoon tea or even the whole place for a great big shindig. And you can email us with a book order to office at stayinacastle.com. Do share this podcast with anyone you think will enjoy our kind of nonsense and hopefully you'll be back for the next instalment soon.